0: Good morning. How are good you? Good morning, Nate. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Good, good. So, I couldn't find anyone to debate you. And now it's just the two of us.
1: <laughs> That's okay. This will be great also.
0: What's your take on uh looking at the last couple of years, we had a, a new administration come in back in uh 2020. Um the biden administration what's what's your overall feeling about how things have been going in our country since biden took office
1: well as far as from the firearms viewpoint just uh, let's start with overall just the overarching oh, overall
0: theme yeah
1: yeah in general i see a divide just in in family life and regular american living you know things hey you go to work you provide for your family things are great you know we do our thing we take our kids to sports like life that's how i grew up life is really good and now i see they're driving a wedge between just regular daily living things you know things that we go on and they wouldn't be a big deal now everything's a big deal everything is dramatic everything is dramatized you know so from your how you live your life what you do with your kids how they dress where they go what their beliefs are everything has become exploded and everyone's in everyone's business so that's kind of like a big viewpoint of it but i think that from the administration they cause these divides you know they put these 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 things in your mind to start thinking that way instead of just kind of you know taking care of your own taking care of your business taking care of your family it's become well don't say what i what how i dress or don't you know don't judge me for this. So they started putting these little things in your mind. And over the years, they exploded into bigger things because now we have issues of, you know, what kids can wear to school and who they can become and who they can be. That wasn't even a thought. I went to high school. I grew up at a, in a great uh, school and, you know, we had a dress code and everyone did their thing. And it's not that way. So everyone says so much and everyone says business and it just causes relationships to fall apart. And when relationships fall apart, your family starts to fall apart. And then your community starts to fall apart, you know, and it becomes bigger and bigger. And then what happens, your country starts to fall apart. So I see it started small and now it's, you know, our whole country is against each other.
0: Why do you think that is? I mean, there's been a lot of Democrats and a lot of Republicans in office for the last several decades, many Mm -hmm. decades. Um, And there's always a back and forth, a new power, a new power struggle. But why do you feel like. Over the recent years, it seems like the kids are being we're, we're being infiltrated in a different different manner, a different level. You talk about uh, this gender stuff or what you can wear to school or what kind of y- who you can become. Why why all of a sudden now? What do you think is causing this?
1: Well, I don't think it's just all of a sudden, and that's really the key. There's several people that look at it and go, "Gosh, it's all of a sudden, wow! How do we get here?" But if you go back over history, let's just say over the past. 20, 30, even 40 years back. So I'm, I'm 44. You know, let's go back to, I was born in 1978. Let's go back to 1980. You know, if you could pinpoint things that started to happen slowly throughout our society, then, you know, it's like that. Always People talk about, you know, you put a frog in water, you know, you slowly boil. It doesn't realize what's happening until it's, it's too late. That's what I think has happened in our society. So I think things were, my personal opinion, specifically done back, you know, 30, 40 years could be could be further than that, but I'm just talking about my time frame of life. And so we don't realize it until it gets to because I know a lot of parents are like, how do we get here? You know, we had the conversation yesterday at my ch- my child's um school auction of, you know, these schools locally in our area having litter boxes in their their classrooms and things like that. And they're like they're like, How did this happen? Well, it didn't just happen last week you know it's been a slow progression over time so that's that's one thing I think we don't realize it we let things we allow so much to happen and before you know it it's out of control then that's my opinion on that
0: you mentioned litter boxes (laughs) I want to dig into this because I've been hearing these things too and people that are listening there's a lot of people that have no idea what we're even talking about when you say litter boxes dig into that what exactly are these schools doing
1: Mm-hmm. So there's one locally where I live. I know that for sure, because parents have confirmed, yes, they do have it in, in the school, that if a child wants to identify as an animal, specifically a cat, cats go to the bathroom and litter boxes, they have a litter box now in the bathroom. So if they come to school and identify now, <laughs> I could get really graph and go like, if you're a cat, then show me, how, show me, go ahead, go pee in that. Let me see you do that. You know, is that what people are really doing? Or are they just appeasing these children? So it's it's kids can identify as an animal.
0: So and there's so, a litter box in the bathroom and the, and then mm-hmm. what happens, uh, this student goes in there and urinates or, or whatever in the litter yep. box.
1: So suppose it, I have not, you know, I have not seen it. My kids don't go to these schools where this is happening, but this is public it, school, correct? Public schools. Yes. So it is happening. There also, the new thing that I found out last night when I learned, um, was that they also have these certain rooms. So you can go to school, go into that room and come out as whoever you want, meaning that Kids, whatever, if you're a boy or girl, you go to school, you change into an outfit or clothing to be, look as a different gender and come out of that room. But the secret there is your parents don't know you're doing it. So they can bring their bag or whatever, change and be who they want for the day at school, go to the secret room, change again, and go home. So you can do this without the knowledge of your parents. Because the big thing is people are like, well, how are parents not seeing this or knowing what's going on? Well, schools are facilitating that as well. That was new to me. I just learned that information. So, you know, you can hide this from your parents. It's not like just changing your car. You've got a place to, like a safe place in these schools to become someone different for the day. Wow. hmm
0: There's a lot there. Uh, so there's several things. I, I really want to focus, too, on this, with this litter box thing, because why, we're letting people now just decide how they want to, quote, unquote, identify. Mm-hmm. Boy, girl, gender, animal, whatever you're into, like you you identify as this, you identify as you're not an animal. No. So why are, what is the psychology, Elizabeth? What do you think it is behind it all that we're saying, hey, we have to let this young person be able to openly identify as whatever he or she wants to identify as, regardless of it's mystical and fantasy, because we know it's not real. We all know it's not real. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. What is it that we're we're saying if we don't allow them to identify as a cat, then the irreparable harm will be fill in the blank. What 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 is causing? What is that?
1: Well, and within the public school system, I think it's you know, you don't want to upset anybody, offend anybody, you know, you have to basically go along with everything or else your funding is gonna be pulled. That's I think the overarching view of it. Cause there's been a, just even dress code wise, forget the litter box thing, but dress code wise, teachers have no authority to say anything to children to, if they're not in dress code, because parents will come up and say, well, my kid can wear whatever they want and you know, too bad. So there's, you know, they don't get detentions anymore for violating dress codes. So things started there and teachers, their hands are pretty much tied. They don't want to, they don't want to cause any issues. So they allow that. And now it's like, well, let's let's do this to appease these children because we can't do anything about it anyways. So they they have no authority in schools. And as far as the public schools go, these teachers have no authority. They have very, very little authority. Kids don't have to listen. It's it's a free for all. So So
0: So you're saying that it's just a few Looney Tunes that get real loud and animated if things don't go their way. Mm-hmm. And then they start threatening the law school or the, the, the school with lawsuits or whatever they're threatening them with. And the, so that you think that the schools are doing this simply to just appease a few Looney Tunes?
1: Yes, and to keep their public funding. You know, they need to keep the money coming in. To if they schools.
0: don't appease the loonies, then the public funding could potentially go away. How mm-hmm. how does that work?
1: Well, they have to meet certain criteria. So I know a bunch of school teachers, specifically at our local school, and it's, it's, you know, in anything in life, it's all who you know, right? So we're going to rub the shoulders of this person or make this person happy over here. There's a lot of that. And that happens in the school system. You know, I think we think it happens as business, but schools are run like a business, run like a poor business, very, they run very poorly. They can't meet their budgets. They don't do this. So they're always needing that private funding and they can actually get extra money if they're doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. That I'm that part. I'm not as intimately detailed with, but I knew, know people on our local school board, gone to school board meetings and so i have a an overall view of it but as far as digging deeper in that i don't want to speak you know without full experience but there are right. more people that could talk in depth on that conversation
0: what i find interesting though in that whole situation in that argument is that parents were willing to throw a hissy fit if you don't let my daughter identify as a cat and put a litter box in the bathroom yet when the schools were all mandating masks And that everyone had to put on masks and kids had to be in masks. We all, I mean, parents were going along with it, Liz. Mm -hmm. They they may have been throwing their arms up at at the school board meetings or wherever they were going to complain. But the schools weren't bending those rules. They weren't letting the parents dictate that. So why uh, why the inconsistency?
1: I think because that was also there was federal mandates on masks. So I think these schools were not going to go against, you know, Nick state. So for Ohio, you know, governor DeWine, there was mandates from, from him. They weren't going to go against that authority because again, what happens, you know, you're going to have trouble with your funding with your schools. You're going to have trouble in the long run. So they, they're they not going to ruffle the feathers of, of these politicians because it's like, so they don't stand up against this, this bigger power is how I look at it.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting there seems to be a lot of inconsistencies. oh absolutely uh, the way the way that we operate the way that we are. it's mind-boggling to me the the litter box thing
1: it's because disgusting.
0: it's disgusting. It's first of all, you're you're destroying if you're looking to try to help a kid and because they want to express themselves, quote unquote, all you're doing is destroying these kids to allow them to even believe that they're an animal. Uh, all you're doing is destroying their mental health their mental mm-hmm. sanity, their mental well-being. Cause what's next? Oh, I, I, I identify as an animal. Now I can do this. I can do this. I can do, I can keep pushing the boundary. Mm-hmm. To me, it's a really slippery slope.
1: It it's, is. It's, and it's, it's just a way of getting attention. The way I look at it. So when, you know, to me, when I grew up in high school, kids did other things to get attention. This is just another attention grab. In my opinion, it's like, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go against the grain and I'm going to do this. And, you know, at the root of all this, I have four children I grew up, I have four sisters and a brother. So I grew up in a big family. I have, I think my family you a pretty decent size having four kids and my kids know who they are. They know their value. They know their worth. They know that they're a blessing to me. They know that they were created by God and God has a purpose for them. This is what I've instilled in them. So there's no question about who they are. They're not looking for you know, something to identify, that thing identify. That's such an odd phrase to me. Like You are who you are. You know, you're not, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. God has a plan for your life mom and dad are here. We love you. You know, we're going to facilitate, we're here for you. And so we've got, to, I feel like we've built a solid foundation for our kids. Now my life wasn't perfect. My, my parents were divorced. My husband came from a divorced family. So, you know, we learned how to build things, but when you're, when you're given value, your parents have taught you your value and your worth. And it's not in what I dress. It's not in what I have. It's, it's in who I am and the characteristics that God put in me. And what are my talents? You know, we all have a talent, your talent, I think, is this: is having a conversation with people. You, you know, I'm sure you could have many other. We can all list our talents, and that's what I want. I think to, the best thing to hone in with your kids: what, what are you good at? Whether it's sports, whether it's music, whether it's scholastic things, it could be other things. Artists, so many different things. You've got a talent. Let's hone in on that and 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 fulfill that in your life. Not yeah. go around looking for. I'm lost. What's my identity? Oh, well, this is kind of taboo now. So I'll I'll be a cat today or this. So that the very underarching thing is this family um, division, and then nice. people are lost, and they're looking for something to get attention.
0: That that was beautifully stated. You you hit the nail right on the head. Everything you just said there, I think, will resonate with everyone listening, because what this is doing is is you're not. We're basically sending the kids the message: you're not good enough. You don't. You're not supposed to like who you are. Let's put that person to the side. Let's pretend who you want to be. And you might want to be a a frog. You might want to be a cat. You might want to be a whatever it is. Now you're going to be okay because now you're actually a cat. Do you feel better? You feel better? And then that person goes home. How does that kid grow up in society and have those foundations, have the morals, have the values, go work for somebody? How how does somebody like that even have the, the, the mental health, mental awareness to go work for someone after years of being told you're not good enough? Pretend you're a cat. We'll give you a litter box everything will be okay. Yeah. You, it, you
1: well, know, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's you're perverse. destroying these kids. Yeah. I agree. You're absolutely agree.
0: destroying them. So the school thing has, um, schools, public schools, everything has been crazy since COVID. Um, and, uh, one of the things that we always see, of course, in the news, you came on specifically to talk a little bit about the second amendment and, and gun control and gun violence. And, um, one of the things that we always see in the news is is there's unfortunately since you and i were in high school back and i graduated high school in 99 you probably graduated a few years before i did
1: 96 yeah so
0: back when we were in high school there was no mass shootings the first real one was columbine mm-hmm. when i was i think a senior in high school you were in college at that point point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course that was shocking to everybody because that had never really happened before and now you get one or two a year. We're at a point now where mass shootings are happening very regularly. And of course, the school ones are the ones that get the most attention. So when you see these mass shootings, Liz, and you see then the first thing that the president or a Democrat or someone that's against guns wants to do is instead of mourn the families, they quite often start throwing around, we need to reform the gun laws. mm mm-hmm. How do you respond when you see them going that route?
1: I I'm discouraged instantly because the media and just the country as a whole they don't have the full knowledge. You know, there's there's already t- over twenty eight thousand firearm laws, federal firearms laws, and then you have state laws. So the laws are already there; they're in place. They've been there since nineteen thirty four, is the National Firearms Act, nineteen sixty eight, the Gun Control Act, and if you go back to those. They, they cover people that should not have firearms. It's illegal to have firearms. You know, if you're underage, you have mental health, been dishonorably discharged, you know, have a um, a, a, a felony charge. You have a domestic violence charge. You cannot own firearms or ammunition. You know, can't have them in your possession. So those laws, those have been in place. The, the laws are not regulated to the fully. So they're there, but the person who's out to do harm, they will always find a way to do harm. The person who's out to their intent is evil and to hurt someone. They will. Whether you put another twenty thousand firearms laws on the books, that still that person will find a way. Which is the enforcement part. So again, breaking it down, if you want to go to the what I think the foundation is, it's it's a heart issue, right? That person is there's something because to perform any kind of evil act, killing one person in a school or twenty or however however many in a, in a school shooting, that person has deep root heart issues that to perform that kind of evil, to wake up and perform that kind of action. You are, it's, it's very sad. It's very tragic and more laws won't necessarily change that.
0: Let me ask you, do you believe that that person, if guns were not available to that person, they would use a different means to commit some form of atrocious act?
1: I do because there's explosives, there's, you know, there's bombs, there's, there's knives, there's, I mean, there's a lot of tools that can be used as as weapons as as harm for evil they can be used for evil a lot of things obviously so the
0: issue is is the issue is more on the mental health the mental health side you're saying this person's got something wrong in their heart they're they're demented they're evil they're wicked and we're not putting resources in place to try to help these people
1: mm-hmm.
0: i mean where is it be? Where, where are the roots what's the the root cause right where does it all stem from
1: uh, and I just not to correct you, Nate, but I'm gonna, I'm not saying they're evil, like their person, because I believe everyone, you know, like I said, is created. You know, God has a purpose and plan for your life, so you're not evil, but you've allowed something evil to come in your heart. You know, where you're, you're you're acting on that, you're acting on these emotions that aren't um, that are evil. You're not an evil person. You know, that's I. That's not, are we all were created for good, but we have decisions. We can make a decision. Those people that go in there and just, you have a decision to make. You can decide to wake up and do something terrible that day or not. That's, we all have the decision. So you so we, b- uh, you
0: don't believe people are born evil, quote unquote.
1: Correct. I don't believe that.
0: You believe I mean, all kids are born in a loving, uh, wholesome manner. And then something over the course of time infiltrates their psyche, their heart. And they act on this, uh, like a, with a depraved heart in an instance.
1: That's, that's a, like a, I would say a small summary of it, but I'm, I'm a Christian. I was raised in a Christian family and went to Christian school. There was a time in my life during college that I walked away from my faith. I, you know, like, Hey, forget, forget this. I'm going to go do my own thing. And I did. And then I had a moment where I came back to it, it was, I had a choice to make either. I'm going to, do I follow what the Bible says? Do I, is, is this my faith? Do I believe this, that, that, um, Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I'm saved. And I, and I accepted Christ back in my twenties when I was 23 years old, came back to that. And everything I learned in the Bible, you know, was, I believe is true. That's so that's where my faith comes from. And that's where my, I, I want to say gauge that's where my foundation. So when I look at things, my moral compass is what the Bible says. And God says, I fashioned and formed you in your mother's womb it says, you know, it's every hair on your head. So yes, I believe we were, we were all created. By him and for a purpose, and he says he has a plan for our life—a plan to prosper us, not to harm us. So he has this plan, but we have free will. We can decide what to do. I don't—I can decide not to believe the Bible. I can decide not to follow God's word. I choose. My decision is that belief. So when you're talking about this evil, I mean, have you ever had a crazy thought? I've had crazy thoughts before. You can either act on that crazy thought or you can take it captive and say, "No, this isn't. This isn't right." But I think over time we let something slip in. You know. And and that could be in any of her life. And if you if you start to believe these lies over and over again, be, be, before you know it, you're in a dark place. Mm. And I think that's where these people go to this dark place. And I think of the, along the same sides. as someone committing suicide? You know, you don't just it just doesn't happen one morning. There's something that's happening over and over again in your life. And and before you know it, it's too late, and you've made this terrible choice because that is a choice when you do well, that. Well,
0: the media the media doesn't talk about this, but based on my research, over half of gun deaths in our country every single year are actually suicide not homicide Mm -hmm. so we're talking about all the gun deaths the tens of thousands of gun deaths annually in the united states over half 52 53 54 percent are actually suicides yeah people are using guns to to get rid of themselves more so than they are to get rid of somebody else Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which is which is something that we really don't hear much of but again you talk about suicide you talk about a depraved heart you talk about We've had crazy thoughts, but we don't act on them. But somebody else like this mass shooter in Uvalde, for example, does act on them. So back to the root cause and, and the issue at hand, What? What? how does somebody so young, Liz, they've got their life ahead of them. They're a teenager and they want to go in and they want to do the most atrocious thing and shoot up a, a fourth, you know, four, five, six year olds. I mean, what is it that is allowing them to then say, okay, these, these nasty thoughts are coming in instead of me counteracting them. I'm going to act on them. How do we prevent those things from happening?
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use a word that's not, not popular at all. Um, I, those things, when I hear those things on the news, I'm going to, it's demonic. I mean, right. Anything we, like we say good and evil, but really, you know, right? there's angels and demons. I mean, you go back to you know, kind to think about that book, you know, I mean, it's, it's true. So if there's light and dark, if there's good and evil, there's also angels and demons. So it's just, it's a demonic act that that person goes to such a dark side that, that takes over you. Cause there's, you ever seen somebody like I've seen them, you know, you're watching this court thing and the, you know, someone gets, um, arrested for a crime and they're there and they're almost like, they almost don't remember. They have this look on their face that there was some, there was something demonic that took over them when they did that that evil act. It really is. So there's a spiritual realm out there. People may not believe it. It, you know, some people don't have a faith. You may be an atheist, but the truth is there's a spiritual realm. And if you know go funny, Halloween just came and went, I'm not a big Halloween person. My kids do like to trick-or-treat. But if you go back to those movies, right, there's always there's there's spirits in there. Those movies and they're and they're dark. And you watch one of those, I don't watch those movies. I don't like them. I watched them as, you know, in my early 20s and thought this isn't for me. I don't need to see this. This is nothing I need to walk away. It didn't feed my soul it um but you go back to some of movies because people are talking about letting their kids watch scary movies and that stuff's real and there's some creepy stuff there so mm-hmm. where does it come, <laughs> come from a movie it's it's also in real life it's also in the realm around us whether we see it or not um and so going back to again that foundation of who are you what do you believe you know where are where's your value and your worth if you know that in yourself and you're sticking to that in your faith i don't know that you're going to go off in this demonic dark side now can you yes but if you're holding fast to this as a daily, you know, um, I'm going to say ritual or routine of you know whether you're praying and you're reading your Bible and you're in you know in fellowship with with other people of your faith, you know, it, you you're not going to veer off in that dark side as easily as if you're if you're doing that daily.
0: But Liz, we are the government, and this is you're proving my point exactly right now. This is why we, um, President Biden and, and the administration we need stricter gun control laws because of this we can't a background check's not going to show us that this person may be possessed or demonic
1: yeah. uh this
0: person might ha- not have any prior crimes this person might not have any mental health issues sure. that are apparent on the outside we only have 3 days to do a background check the fbi and, and if the 3 days passes this person can go get a firearm regardless of what we come back with so there's all these different things you're proving my point liz is why there needs to be stricter gun control laws to prevent mm-hmm these atrocious acts.
1: Okay. So breaking that down, like you said, how do you know if they're having this heart issue or this mental issue? I think the only thing I think that really could change is if someone has been seeing a psychologist for a certain period of time, or if you have, you know, you were you had a counselor and you, there's certain people that in a profession that know this person's having an issue. That, that being... I don't want to say public knowledge, but how do you connect that with a background background check? So NICS is the National Instant Criminal Background Check System. That's the NICS system that you call in for when people get a firearm when they come and buy one. You have to do that background check. So we're, that would be the only place that I could see you need to connect that dot somewhere. But the problem there is, right, a psychologist, you have um, privileged information, right? With your client. That's not. That's not. You can't you can't let that out. So we're, that's the only plan. I don't know an answer to that. I don't have, it. I have like, what could we do there? But that's the only dot that I see could connect people that, you know, I've been seeing a psychologist or a counselor and they're struggling with something and that's clear, mm-hmm. but yet they have no crimes, like you said, and they could still go pass a background check, but you know, you hear these things that people go, gosh, yeah, that kid was always kind of weird. I knew something was off with him. Right. You know, but then walking into a gun store, That person or that salesman doesn't have enough time or wouldn't know that, you know, that, that part is, that is true. One thing I will say with the firearms now we do, we don't have an over-the-counter business or a factory, but we do have people that can walk in by appointment and do a background check and get a firearm or at gun shows. We are allowed to refuse sale to anybody for any reason. I've had to before. Something feels off that just natural God-given intuition of "Mm, this feels shady. This is fishy. This is no, I'm not going to sell you this firearm. I've had to do that. People get really talking
0: about at Ohio ordinance works. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. So you guys have actually
0: had to refuse a gun sale to, to a potential customer. What was the reason? What take us to that example? Exactly. You're sitting there, the guy wants to purchase a gun. What was it about that situation that made you say, no, I don't think this is going to work.
1: This one was actually a woman came in and she was, she made an appointment and she was asking for a type of firearm. And there was two different calibers, different models. And I asked her which one she wanted. And she didn't know. Now, in that case, I refused the sale. It was called a straw purchase. She's coming in to buy a firearm for someone who can't pass a background check. It was clear if you if you're coming in, you know what gun you want, you know. And I said, I don't think this is for you. I didn't know for sure. But I said, I don't think it's for you. I'm not going to sell you this firearm. You know, she threw hands up swearing at me. I was like, sorry, sorry you know, too bad. So there's, there's that there's people that send other people in to buy firearms for them. And a straw yeah. purchase is a fine of up to $250,000 and prison up to 10 years. If you get caught with a straw, per- doing a straw purchase, there's a, there's a program by NSSF, the national shooting sports foundation. It's called don't lie for the other guy. And that's the basis of the straw purchase. So there are people that could send someone else in to get a gun for them. And that's why you want to check their ID. When they come in, you want to make sure they know what they're buying. You're the person I talked to on the phone. Or let's just say if there's two people that come in together, they're standing next to each other. What if one guy does all the talking, but the other guy's going to do the background check? Nope. That's a clear straw purchase. Not maybe it might, some people not, but it might not be clear. It's definitely clear to me. So there are those kind of signals. Somebody who's very jittery, jumpy, you know, you know, sweating. There's, I've heard people tell stories of like these people just were, you know, either they were high on something or antsy. They felt, you know, you're not sure, but you can just tell something's wrong. You know what? I'm not going to sell you this gun. Please leave. So yeah. as firearms manufacturers and federal firearms licensees, the government encourages us to do that, you know. Are there
0: certain not- guns that you do you believe that the gun laws, the way they sit today, are proper? Do you believe that certain, there should be certain laws that are enacted that prevent people from being able to buy a semi-automatic? What's your stance on just overall where the law sits today? Are you happy with it? Do you think it needs changed, et cetera?
1: I think there's a lot of little laws that could change. Ones that may not affect the country, like people wouldn't care except for firearms manufacturers. So back in 2006, we could no longer import barrels for non-sporting uses. So now we manufacture our own barrels in in the U.S. Things like those kind of little laws, which people don't even realize about. Um, You know, as far as the, the magazine capacities in certain states, we're allowed to have it in this state, but not this state. You know, some people can't have a 15 round mag, they can only have a 10 round mag. I don't see much of a difference between 10 and 15 rounds. It's it's five rounds. It's not. So those I, the inconsistency across state lines with how many magazines, you know, rounds in a magazine, you think
0: that it should be, if it's going to be 15 in one state, it should be 15 in all states.
1: Yeah, But, but the, that's the part of it. States have their own laws. There's a whole book on state laws, but I look at it as a whole is as, as a shooter myself, as people who are hunters and shooters, like, well, you know, people live here. Gosh, I wish I lived in this state. Cause then I could have a 20 round mag or a 30 round mag. Mm. A lot of our, all of our customers, not a lot, say most of our customers are collectors. They're shooters. Some are hunters, but this is their hobby. you know, there's certain people that like to collect. I'm going to say knives for, or, or coin collection, whatever it is you collect. We, I, we sell to a lot of collectors. They like firearms. They like the history of firearms. They like the actual, just, you know, the piece itself. So those are, those are our customers, for a big target for a big portion of it. So these people, whether when they, to say they can't have a certain round magazine inhibits them from going out and just doing their target shooting and having a good time. Does it, you know, on a whole, does it stop people from mass shooting? No, I don't think so. But the government has to throw something out there to appease the country after mass shooting. All right, we're gonna put some more gun bans. We're gonna put, you know, magazine bans. We're gonna limit this in certain states. So across the state laws, you know Washington State, Maryland, obviously you know Washington D.C., California, they all have different magazine laws. Connecticut, New Jersey, I you know.
0: Do you feel that the Second Amendment is under attack? Yes. You do. How so?
1: Oh gosh, across the board and in, in in every respect, because they're making it. More difficult just for federal firearms licensees. Um, and are and, and no no tolerance, you know, any mistake that can come in and revoke your license, whether it's a little paper ma- mistake, you know, I'm not talking giant things, very small things. So they're targeting manufacturers directly. Uh, manufacturers now have different regulations of how we can label certain parts of firearms. Um, they came out with a new regulation in August. It went went through on the markings of frame and receivers of firearms. So they're they're changing laws as we go along to make it more difficult for the manufacturers. Cause why? Stop the manufacturers. The guns aren't on the market anymore. Mm. Right. Make it more difficult. People are gonna go, this isn't worth it. This I'm gonna close my business. And certain people have. They're making it and and they put so much pressure and restrictions on it so they're trying to hit it right there so oh, they're I going to the foundation of it which is smart i hate to say it but right because it's like yes well, instead of them knock. going
0: to the consumer
1: yeah let's let's go say, to the people that yeah, make the guns yes they're, they're squeezing
0: out you guys the manufacturer and you guys make ammunition as well correct
1: uh, we do not manufacture ammunition we do okay. import it and we do buy it in the country and that's for testing purposes so the farmers when every farm we manufacture is you know, inspected, it's test fired, it's clean, it is good to go, it goes through an ATP acceptance test procedure. So there are checkpoints along the way that that firearm is safe, everything's done on it, just like, you know, if you're manufacturing a car, right, you've checked everything we've done, this car is safe to drive, our firearms are safe to shoot. And so that's what we do with ammunition, but we don't actually make it.
0: So they're coming at you guys as the manufacturer of the weapons, maybe manufacturer of munitions, whatever. The people that are at the beginning of the process and they're squeezing you with different regulations and yes. trying to squeeze you out. So how do you counteract that?
1: Well, so I, my position at our company, I'm the chief compliance officer. So compliance, you know, complying with the law. We do inventory checks on our firearms. We do regular compliance audits on all of our paperwork and our documents. So it just making sure that when we do get an inspection by ATF Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, actually it's BATFE now is their acronym that we have, they don't find anything wrong when they come into our factory and our facility and they, and they check our license. So they were in our factory last November, November, 2021, we had an inspection of seven federal agents inspecting our business for, it was about two weeks. It took to go through all of our firearms, all of our paperwork. We passed with flying colors, it's not. It's not easy. It's not fun. If anyone's ever been in a government audit, whether it's IRS or something else, you know. But we've done our due diligence to make sure that our daily operations, every day, day, week, month, year after year, that we're solid, that we're doing every, everything correct, that they can't write us up for something or try to take away our license.
0: What's your when you think of the Second Amendment? What exactly does it mean to you? It's the right to bear arms. We know generally speaking, but someone that's intimately familiar with the Second Amendment, what was its purpose? What was its intent? And what exactly does it mean to you?
1: Mm. Those are all great questions. Break them down. The first one was, what does it mean to me? Just as a 44-year-old woman living in Ohio, it means to me that my husband and I can have firearms in our house. We want to set up target shooting out in the back with our kids, which we've done, and teach them safety of firearms. We can do that. If there's a we had a, a raccoon in our yard the other day. He could tell it was sickly. My husband went out and shot it. You know, took, like, Those are just, I don't know, basic things of life. Um, if there was an intruder, uh, my husband would get up and you know walk through the house of this farm. If he heard something weird, you know, he'd check out the doors, the areas with his gun. So just my my daily life, that's what it means to me, the Second Amendment, that I can have these firearms, I can do these things lawfully and legally with those guns. And And it's my choice. I don't have to own a gun, but if I want them and I do, we have them. And we can protect our family or home if there was something happening. Against people think intruders or think something, but even animals. I know it sounds silly, but like I said, there's you know this sickly raccoon was walking around the driveway. Like I, all right, we're gonna sh- we have to shoot it. I don't want it to come. It's right by our house. You know, like so. I even protection from something as tiny as that where I live because we live you know kind of a uh, you know a nice wooded area here. So that for me as a woman, that's what I see the Second Amendment for bigger picture what was it intended for it was intended to separate I think the government from the people in other words we you can't come in and take everything we have I can defend myself you know you look back at the battles and wars what was it these people were coming in and taking you from your home stealing everything you have raping your wife like and if you didn't have a firearm to defend yourself that's it they roll you over I mean, even and and in some cases, even when you did, there was too many people. You look, look. I think of some of the, the the movies that we've seen, and people just think of it as a movie. Like, no, that really happened to people. You know, that really happened. So that just the ability to defend yourself from someone coming to take everything you have. That's that was like the my-
0: initial attempt hey, to, mm-hmm. to prevent government tyranny. Because when yeah. you put people in power, and you strip other people from even being able to protect or defend themselves, you have a really bad situation. The people in power have the weapons. The people not in power don't. That's gonna most of the time lead to a bad outcome for the people that are not in power. Your everyday mm-hmm. citizen.
1: Yes, and what's like take it to fast forward now to twenty twenty two. Something very disturbing is the different agencies or governments that are buying firearms. Like why? Why does You're uh, talking about
0: the IRS for yes,
1: example. yes. I mean that one. You know. If people don't think that that's a problem and it's going to be a problem for us, you're sorely mistaken. You know, you got your head in the ground because when did the IRS- What what
0: is that? What is that to you? When you see that, what does that mean to you? What red flags are going off in your brain?
1: Oh, a a million red flags. But I guess the basic one is like, you know, hey, they could slap some crazy taxes on you or something. You don't pay for it. They're going to come after. They're going to come to your house. They're going to show up with firearms. Who wants? Who wants to see a government- vehicle pull in their driveway and they all get out and they've got guns in their hand. I mean, you
0: didn't pay because you didn't pay a $10,000 tax bill.
1: Something crazy here again. That said, you see that now, it's kind of like what we talked about with the slow burn, right? That have, they're, they're doing that now. What's going to, why? What's coming 10 years down the road. What's coming 20 years down the road. Why do they need guns? It's not going to happen just next week. Right. It's going to be a slow, but people should, should note that, that this happened in 2022, the IRS building their own firearms, you know, Mm. their agents you know well
0: let's see your parents. point back to where we started you said that this society has been acting has been on a slow burn since the early 80s when you and i were born or yeah. late 70s early 80s this has been a slow burn when i asked you why why are we all of a sudden you said it's not all of a sudden this is decades in the making same thing right now that you're seeing right it's not yep. going to happen overnight
1: nope. but what so does our society
0: IRS, look definitely. like in another 10 or 20 years mm-hmm.
1: yeah. so when we say you know i, I picture like let's say 20 2050 on the news, and it's with IRS coming to people's ho- homes again with their guns, get on their driveway saying, "Hey, we're here to take your whatever." You're going to go, "How did this happen? Why is the IRS here with guns?" Wait, don't you remember when they outfitted all their agents back in 2022? And there's, you know, they're starting to do this. So it's mm. you know, we got to remember these things. And I don't know about you, but you know, growing up, I, like I said, I had a great life. I'm blessed. I didn't pay attention to all this stuff. You know, I'm sure our parents did. Didn't realize what was going on. Now, Nate, I mean, it's glaring to me. And with, I know you've got three beautiful girls. I have four children. Like, my gosh, when our kids are 40, 50, they're going to be seeing the effects of certain certain things that are happening right now of the Biden administration. When we go back to the administration, things that are happening now that they're putting in place, they're going to see and feel the effects. Unfortunately, I don't want that to be the case, but that, that's how it looks like right now. If, we, if we're being realistic, let's be real, right? They're going to they're going to feel the brunt of it. You know, just just like when um, I had somebody say the night at a dinner Actually, uh, he said, man, I wish Clinton was back in office He because I can't believe I'm saying that because, you know, Clinton right now, Clinton seems pretty, he easy is, he he looks pretty darn
0: good. He looks pretty right. darn good right now.
1: Yeah, he does. Yeah. And I know. I couldn't believe it was coming out of our mouths. But like, hey, I'd take him. I'd take him, you know, messing around with his people in his office over over what's happening now. Oh, gosh, that's sad. So, you know. it's. No, it's I totally pretty,
0: agree with you. I totally agree. High. Yeah. It's a different, the Democrat Party is different than it was when Clinton was in office. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It has changed drastically over the last several decades. It's, yep. it's gotten out of control. Uh, to finish it off, though, you look at the our future, you talk about our future, the country, the Second Amendment. When you see countries like Singapore or China or you know, Australia, other places throughout the world where the gun laws are extremely, there's like no guns. The people don't have guns. They don't have access to firearms. Do you foresee a, a, a future where the United States looks similar to that? Or do you think the second amendment will always prevail?
1: In my heart, I truly believe it will always prevail. Uh, the The people that we know, many, 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 many people. My father's been in the business since 1982. I've been going to gun shows with him. I've been traveling all over the world. There are many, many people in the U.S. and out that support the Second Amendment. I mean, there's people in even in foreign countries that say, you know, you have to keep fighting for this. They see the need for it. They see the need for it because if the U.S. crumbles and we let the government take over. It definitely dictates what happens in many other small countries throughout the world. And so there's a lot of U.S. citizens that know this, that feel this, that are passionate about it. I mean, I go to a lot of political events and it's so great to see young and old people from their 20s to their 80s that love the United States a a lot of veterans that you know, we host, they fought for this country and it's their passion that continues to spread throughout the people in the United States that will fight for the second amendment. So I believe it will stand firm. It's the fight's mm. not going to be easy. It's currently not easy. It's right. currently not easy. It takes time. It takes money. It takes you're not being popular yes. to to go out there and it say, being willing
0: to stand up and have a conversation like you're having right now,
1: mm-hmm. but there's many people that, that do this. And so it's like, keep, keep, keep on doing that. You know, and I look at like in our, Currently, like you and I, we're at the start of this. There's a lot of younger people. We need to keep pressing into them as well as learning from the people that are older than us and came in before us, you know, and get both of those things. So um, I try to encourage younger people as far as voting and and learning the laws and because they don't know like these 20 somethings and if you have time to have a conversation with them, you know, do it, pour into them, give, you know, give wisdom to them. They're learning
0: their laws on a six second TikTok video. That's how they're truly learning their laws.
1: (laughs) That's true. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I need to make more TikToks about, about, guns. I don't know how, <laughs> how that will translate.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, anyone that's, uh, interested in learning more, maybe about your business, you guys on social, where, where, where should people find you guys?
1: Yeah. Ohio ordinance works Inc. So O O W. So you can find us on Instagram, Ohio ordinance. I uh, can find us on Facebook, but our website, we do sell things to commercial products, but we do a lot of government law enforcement. So we support our military and we support foreign militaries. So oh, Ohio ordinance works Inc.
0: Okay. And we'll make sure that we link that in the uh, in the show notes. Liz, thank you so much for uh, coming on and sharing some insight into this really important topic and uh, hope to see you soon.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It really is a pleasure and a joy. Yes, definitely.